Content advisory. We talk about things. Uh, following in the footsteps of Spotify now, labeling our episodes. It's just a joke. Um, so in this episode, I deal with some follow-up from the Alex interview that Max just did um, last week. And so in that, I know that I can come across as being a very harsh critic. And um, people who know me know that I come from a very well-meaning place. Sometimes it doesn't come out that way, though. So I want to preface this episode before anything goes forward by saying this is not a personal attack against Alex. These are me voicing my concerns with some of the things that were said. Um, I know I get kind of passionate and, and harsh sounding sometimes, but at the same time, it comes from a well-meaning place. But I also know that you could be well-intentioned and still come across very poorly. So I want to preface this entire episode by saying that. Also want to preface the episode by saying, hey, if you haven't yet, check out our merch store, canceledout.com, C-A-N-C-E-L-E-D-O-U-T.com. We've got a merch store. We're selling some stuff. Support the show if you so desire. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Another way you can support the show, though, for free is by sharing our content. This is how we grow. This is how uh, we increase our viewership or our listenership in this case for now. Um, and so we thank you for sharing out our content and we hope you continue to do that. If you bring somebody else in to, uh, you know, listening consistently, we truly do appreciate that. We love you guys. We know the, the quality of our audience. You are quality listeners. We don't have the quantity at this point, but we know we have quality people and we want to grow that circle. So if you could share it out, we greatly appreciate it. That being said, it's good to be back. We'll get back. We'll just, let's just, let's just jump right into the content. Let's just do it. Do it. Do it now. Fear not, dear listener. The path to enlightenment is before you. Leave the darkness behind. Open your eyes. Grab your spears. And brush your teeth. For you will be led to the battlefield. Armed with sharp minds. And fresh breath. Stand by. Welcome to the show dedicated to truth and liberty in the greater Cincinnati area. One small part of a larger movement for freedom pressured into silence by a culture that seeks nothing less than total obedience. Your hosts, Scott and Max, are here to help you to find the courage and resources to become uncancelable. This is Cancelled Out. Guess who's back? Back again. Baldy's back. Tell your friends. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? So I know it's been a long while since you've heard my voice. 
Um, I've had some pretty drastic changes over the last couple years. Um, a lot of them coming to a head last, uh, beginning last fall. And, um, that's why I kind of had to take a step away from the show. I felt that my uh, contributions were slipping greatly and that that was hurting everything more than it was helping. So, uh, Max and I had the conversation and, uh, you know, we decided that it was best that I just kind of take a break for a while, but, uh, new year, same me and I'm back. (laughs) It's that simple. Um, so anyway, uh, you'll be hearing my voice more often. Hopefully, hopefully it it doesn't sound like this. I've got a getting over like a sinus infection thing. Um, and whatever else. So bear with me. Um, I know it it kind of makes my voice sound more somber than it is, than I'm intending it to be. Um, It's just kind of the nature of how this works. So uh, let's get into it. Max interviewed uh, Alex from Hamilton County, the Hamilton County Republican Party. Um, And I found some things very concerning that were said um, from the viewpoint of the chairman. Um, and let me just preface this whole conversation by saying, I don't know Alex. I've never met Alex. I've seen him speak in person one time at a political group event that we went to last year. Um, but that's, that's the extent of my personal interaction. And I didn't have a personal interaction at that. That's my extent of um, knowing Alex. So I'll just be very upfront about that. Um, second thing is, I don't live in Hamilton County. Now you say, well, you don't live in Hamilton County, so you don't have a stake in any of this. Well, that's complete nonsense. Um, we all have a stake in how the counties are run that surround us. I live in a neighboring county, and uh, my county chairman actually made the same endorsement but then rescinded it later on. And so um, you can might be able to figure out where that is um, just by that statement. But at the same time, I still have a stake in how Hamilton County conducts um, itself and um, because it, it all affects the surrounding neighboring counties, like I say. So, um, but I don't have any stake in, um, you know, how things are run in Hamilton County because I don't live there. And so, or I don't, I don't have any, um, any voting power in how things are run in Hamilton County because I don't live there. Um, so that being said, you know, uh, it gives me a little bit of, um, outsider's perspective on things. And, um, when I look at how things are being organized and things that are said, Um, in the counties from people who are in certain positions of power, it can kind of be concerning. So for that reason of it being an outsider's perspective, I think it's actually at the very least as important as somebody who lives within the county when, um, when things that are concerning are said. Um, so I just want to be open and transparent to that effect. I also don't doubt Alex's sincerity and dedication. He's put his money where his mouth is when it comes to that. Um, I don't 
doubt that he wakes up every day, you know, wanting to do the best he possibly can for his family, for his, uh, his job, you know, being a lawyer and for Hamilton County Republican party. Um, and that being said, you know, I don't also don't necessarily agree with everything that he said. And some of the things I've found concerning, like I say, so let's just dive right into it. Um, Max just Max asked outright, why do you think DeWine deserves an endorsement and vote? And Alex, you know, made the, the has the stance that this was a personal endorsement, not one from the Hamilton County Republican Party. Okay, fine, I understand that. But that point was not made in the press release because the title was included immediately following your name. So regardless if this is a a personal endorsement or not, it looks like it's an endorsement from Hamilton County Republican Party. Now, I don't know if something was said um, behind the scenes, you know, to DeWine and Husted's team um, regarding that fact. Um, But at the same time, there was an opportunity to kind of make that distinction on the show during the interview, and that was not done either. Um, the plain and simple answer to this is they only asked Alex for an endorsement because of his position. Otherwise, again, the title wouldn't have been included with his name. And otherwise they may not have even asked him at all. They did not ask him as, um, Alex from the West side, you know, who has been successful in elections in the past. They didn't ask from that perspective. They asked, him because of his position. Um, Alex also said, you know, the personal relationships are what they are, but they're important. Okay, fine. That's, that could be said about anything regarding business, regarding, um, almost anything, you know, almost any job, almost any position. Um, he personally knows DeWine and his family and, uh, knows Jim Renacci and doesn't know Joe Blystone. So, um, I, Thank him for his uh, transparency on that. Um, but when you when you start the conversation of why somebody should des- somebody deserves an endorsement from you, and you start from the personal relationship standpoint, it kind of taints the rest of any point that you make. And this is goes for anything. This is not just talking politics and not talking specifically just Alex. This is anything. If you have a personal relationship with somebody and then you're endorsing them, I, at the very least, begin to wonder, okay, well, what does this person know about the individual they're endorsing that I don't know? Because they know them personally, I don't. All I can see and all I can get is um, trusting the friends and family's word who do know this person, or what I see in the media if it's a public, you know, like a like the governor. Um, all I can say is what I know from the media and from anything that's released about that person, good or bad. Um, But then he does, so when you start the conversation from that point, it kind of taints the rest of it because you 
can I really expect someone to speak negatively about someone that they have a personal relationship with? And I think that was evidenced throughout this interview because the only quote unquote negative, I don't really see it as a negative thing that Alex said about Mike DeWine was that, oh, well, I didn't agree with some of the things that he did as part of his pandemic response. He didn't detail those things, which I would have loved to have heard. You know, what specifically was were what specifically were the things that you felt were an overstep or that you felt were um, disagreeable from DeWine's handling of the pandemic. Um, I would have loved to hear that, but that was never detailed. It was just, I didn't like some of the stuff that he did. Um, so then he does cite some achievements of uh, Mike DeWine. He signed the heartbeat bill in April, 2019. Um, he expanded school choice. He sports law enforcement or law enforcement. He uh, had, he had some income tax cuts and all of that kind of stuff. Another thing I didn't like about the the usage of words, the the usage of rhetoric that Alex took on was um, regarding expanding school choice and basically immediately throwing minorities into this whole thing, which is just pandering. Okay, um, as a as conservatives, as Republicans, we need to get away from this identity politics garbage. That's what it is. It's garbage. There are plenty of white kids too who benefit from school choice, but yet they don't get mentioned because it's all about minorities. Whenever we talk about school choice, I understand that minorities may be the biggest group that benefit from it, but solely talking about them is leaving out a whole bunch of people too. So you, in, in, and this is why this is a foolish way to go about wording these things because um, in trying to pander or in trying to not hurt the feelings of one group of people, you're going to the other group. And then you say, well, you can't please everybody. Well, fine. How about you just say there's a whole bunch of people that benefit from it, that come from every different background you can imagine. What's wrong with that? You don't have to go the extra step to start to speak only about minorities as if they are the only people who benefit from it. That's simply not true. So that kind of rhetoric and that kind of those kinds of things concern me when I hearing it from our side of the aisle. Um, Alex says he's a civil libertarian, but he's supporting someone who does not support those ideals which is kind of, I'm kind of interested in that. He didn't really get into it. I wish he had. Again, I wish he had said what specifically he didn't like about the pandemic response. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. I would like to, I would like to have a clearer picture of, of that from Alex's perspective too. Um, and then the idea of the big tent that the Republican Party has. Sure. I love that. I love the fact that we want to inclu be inclusive of all ideas, of all opinions, and things like that. That's fine. But when you relate the big tent to then crossover appeal, 
what reasons do you have crossover appeal? If your reasons for crossover appeal are pandering to minorities, as I just spoke of, for instance, and I'm not saying that that DeWine fits this, but my point is, if you have crossover appeal for all of the wrong reasons that are antithetical to the Republican Party, such as your pandemic response that took away civil liberties from people, destroyed businesses, destroyed people's lives because you're playing politics with it. Yeah, I have a problem with that if that is what you're going to cite as a strength for crossover appeal. And Max also asked, you know, at what point does a Republican lose your endorsement? And Alex, he didn't really answer the question. He says that John Kasich crossed the line. So, okay, fine, I can agree with you there. So the answer, I guess, is someone has to become a Democrat in order to lose your support because John Kasich is the furthest thing from an actual Republican um, as we've seen in recent years. And he can say whatever he wants, that that he is whatever he wants, fine, but that doesn't make it true. Um, You know, and one of the other concerning things that Alex said was, and this was one of the more concerning things to me, He said, sometimes I feel like I have a car lot and I'm selling Republicans. Let's just, and I'm sure that this may not, I'll at least give the benefit of doubt here. I will say that maybe this isn't the way he intended it to come across. But just hearing that is nothing but a turnoff to somebody Um, like me and trust me, I am far more right than the Republican party when it comes to a lot, most everything. I am far more conservative than the Republican party. The Republican party has actually left me in a lot of regard. So when you're, when you're speaking about me personally, it is concerning that the Republican party is actually moving more towards the center. Look at look at the way the platform over the years and things like that. The left has gone further left than center. The Republican Party has actually gone further left than what they used to be, more towards the center, but the center has also moved. So the Republican Party is now the centrists of yesteryear. The left is far more left than they even were of yesteryear. You know, and I, over the years, haven't moved a whole lot. And I can say that a lot of people that I talk to feel the same way. The party's moving left because we have to have crossover appeal and all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, it's getting more and more difficult for a lot of people to vote for a Republican because especially if they've been through several election cycles, because they sound like the Democrats of yesteryear. And stuff like this is not the way to move the party forward. Like, oh, yes, we we have to change with the times and all this other kind of stuff. Why? Why can we not? Principles don't actually change. Do you understand that? Principles... uh, remain the same regardless of the time 
If you are constantly moving with society, I would argue that you don't actually have principles. You have principles for today that use things that you call principles, but they're not actually principles because they're not, they don't, they're not meaningful. If, if they're, if your principles change year to year, you don't have principles. You have things that you live your life by, but if it, it's constantly changing, that doesn't seem like a very strong principle to me. It just seems like I'm going to live my life this way today, and then tomorrow we'll see. Um, and so, you know, the whole someone has to become a Democrat to lose endorsement. If that's where the line is, fine. But that doesn't sound like a very principled stand. And somebody, um, you know, having to sell Republicans. Here's the Republicans have had such a messaging problem for decades, decades. This is why the left tends to pull in younger people. It's not only, you know, being indoctrinated in school and in college and all this other stuff. It's not only that. They have a much better message when it comes to speaking to the younger people. And they always have. I don't know why this has been such a problem for the Republican Party. Because it's not that hard. This isn't a hard thing. The left is at least honest enough to tell younger people exactly what they want to do. But then... We have to feel like we have a car lot selling Republicans to these to, to voters. Nobody likes to be sold to. When you, you get a call from a, a, a robocall, a telemarketer, somebody like that, are you excited to have somebody, you know, give their sales pitch to you? No, nobody likes that. So to describe your candidates as something you have to sell to people, that's not a positive message, and it's not a positive light that I would want to be seen in as a candidate. Even if you're selling them, quote unquote, to your own party, that's not a positive. That's not a positive image that you're reinforcing with people and with voters. And trust me, they can see right through it. So if you want to get people excited about the party, excited about the candidates, you cannot sell them. That's just horrible, horrible messaging. And like I said, he may not have meant for it to come across that way, but those are the words that he used, which is why messaging is important. And so this other, um, th the other thing that he talked about in this, after this question was, you know, the, the hindsight excuse. I'm so over this excuse. And that's exactly what it is. It's an excuse. The fact that our government officials were thrust into a, a situation they had never seen in our lifetimes. I don't care. You were elected for that particular possibility occurring while you were holding the position. And this is also why you surround yourself with people who you can trust and people who have a level head on their shoulders. So that that's not an emotional reaction, it's not a reaction, you know, following the leader when it comes to, 
You know, I don't, I don't know if, if are you understand or, or put this together because it wasn't really a secret, but I, it, it's not talked about when Mike DeWine is leading a state as a Republican governor and is typically third in line when it comes to mandates and shutdowns behind New York and California, behind uh, Cuomo and Newsom when it came to this pandemic response. When he's third in line and doing the same exact things, at the very least, he's one of the first, if not the first Republican governor following these two jokers. That's concerning. That should be concerning. Why Why would we want to support someone who that can be said about? I don't understand it. We've long advocated for anybody besides DeWine. Max and I have been um, very upfront and forward about that on this sh- on this platform, on the show. And so, you know, this really isn't of any surprise to anyone who's been listening for a length of time. But this excuse that, oh, well, you know, it was just, it was something brand new and we did what we did because we felt like we had to. Trust me, I disagreed on Trump with Trump on a lot of things. And I was a very big supporter of the way Trump governed. But this excuse of, well, I wish we we could redo it. Well, guess what? You don't get a redo in life. It is what it is. Now you have to own this kind of stuff. But when you are owning something that, when you're owning the fact that you took away civil liberties from people, that you overstepped as an executive, and then you want to say you're from the party of freedom and ideas and, and things like that. Those are two vast, the polar opposite things. Please just at the very least, just say, Hey, I screwed up. I followed these idiots for whatever reason. And this is this decision that I made because at the very least, that's what I thought was best at the time turned out to be a big screw up. If you would stand behind a podium and say that as a politician, I could at least respect you for that much. But this whole, well, I wish I could redo it routine. It shows that you don't have a spine and it shows that quite frankly, you have no conscience. You have there. You are not the one apparently making the decisions. That's what I glean from that. And that may be my opinion only, but again, this whole excuse of hindsight and wish we could redo it over, you know, do it over, just done with it. It's again, horrible messaging. Because I can look south to one governor in Ron DeSantis and say, you know what? He handled everything pretty doggone well. Sure, he may have followed, started down the path with other people too, because at the again at the time we thought this was the right decision, but then quickly changed course when it was evident that this was not the right decision. 
having the spine and integrity to do that and not just keep walking down the same path like everybody else is. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. That's the kind of person we need to be putting up in candidacy. And if that person doesn't exist in our party as a candidate currently, then we need to find that person willing to do that. Not just support the incumbent or support the status quo. That's not going to move us anywhere. That's actually, not only is it not bringing more people into the party, it's actually discouraging people in the party already. Because we kind of feel like, well, why in the world should we support this guy? Because he's already he's already not standing up for the things that we say we, we are for as a party. So why in the world should I give my vote and support to him in the first place? And we're just talking about people already in the party. We're not even talking about appeal to people outside. So please stop playing the word games of hindsight and all this other kind of stuff. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Let the left do that kind of stuff. We criticize them for this crap all the time. Why are we doing it ourselves to our own people? It's just mind-boggling to me. Why wouldn't anyone else who says, and Max asks, why wouldn't anyone else who says they stand against the taking of freedoms deserve your vote? Such as the Jim Renacci. Um, And Alex's answer was, they'll have it if they get through the primary. This is why we as a platform are not going to endorse a candidate. It is nothing personal against any of the candidates. We as a platform, though, have made the decision we're not going to do it. Because it's this this opens us up for this exact criticism from other people and even from ourselves later on down the road. Because and Max pointed out, like, why why even endorse somebody before the primary is over? Well, it was a personal endorsement. Okay, fine, but that really wasn't made that clear. You know, and so us as canceled out, you will not hear canceled out, you know, media endorse a candidate. And if something were to ever come out that seems or kind of implies that, it will be corrected. But as a platform, understand, I'm making this declaration now, Max and I have talked about it, we will not endorse any singular candidate. Now, that being said, if you hear us and you have heard us, if you've listened for a while, um, put our support behind a candidate, that is coming from a personal stance. That's not coming from canceled out media. That's not coming from canceled out podcasts. That's not coming from anything else other than that individual's personal stance. And that is totally fine. We encourage that. Max and I disagree on a lot of things. Um, And we'll talk about that kind of in a second. But we are not, as a platform, going to discourage people from wanting to throw support behind a candidate of their choice. Now, we will obviously um, take into consideration some of the things that, you know, certain candidates bring to the table Um, And certain criticisms, you know, whenever you give support 
openly and publicly, you're opening yourself up to criticism. That's fine. But understand that for us as a platform, we will not, we will not, we will not endorse a candidate. It's just a zero win game for us. It brings our credibility into question, depending on what that politician decides to do after they get into office and everything else. And we are not tying our wagon as a platform to anybody. So let me just make that clear. Now, if, if I decide that I want to tie my wagon to Jim Renacci, as I've made very many public statements and, you know, not endorsing him, but supporting him and supporting his candidacy. And I have made very many public statements in opposition to Mike DeWine. And I stand behind all of those, but it was never canceled out supports this person canceled out does not support this person because we are not getting into that game as a business, as a principle. Individuals, sure. Individuals can make those statements on our platform. We encourage those things. Us as a platform, not going to. Sorry to beat that dead horse. I just want to make that abundantly clear from this point forward because um, we're growing, we're getting more people involved in um, what we do. And so I want it to be clear that the platform itself does not make endorsements of anybody. Um, so getting support after the primary, well, again, and Max kind of, he, he asked us like, well, what, what was the reason then? Well, Alex's answer was, well, his endorsement's not going to move next to nobody. And because people are more politically sophisticated now, I take challenge with that because even within our own party, um, we have this, let's go Brandon stuff. I'm not saying that it's not hilarious. (laughs) I'm not saying that, uh, it's not appealing, um, because we even sell merch with it. I mean, we're capitalists, so we're going to, we're going to go with it and you know, that is what it is. And if you don't like that reasoning, that's fine, but it's reasoning nonetheless. But we don't expect people to take us seriously if that's what we bring up in a political conversation. That's why we don't do it. You don't see us, you know, screaming this like a bunch of idiots, you know, on our show and things like that. We do it if if we even bring it up, which I don't even know that we have to this point. Um, it's in a humorous and just ironic and kind of facetious context (laughs) because we know it's not a serious thing. So, um, I don't know that people actually are more politically sophisticated. I would say that they get more political information, but where is that information coming from? And what is that information? Because, even within our own party, we have a lot of problem with anybody being able to public or publicize pub man, publish information these days. And that's why we do our due diligence behind the scenes to make sure that what we say is correct. And what we, um, the things that we put out are truthful. We are a platform of truth and Liberty. It's in our introduction. So 
if there ever becomes a point that we say something in the future um, or now even, um, we do our best to correct that. That will always be something we operate by because we don't want to fall into this whole thing. Um, you know, for all the, the good that Trump did for politics, you know, getting the excitement of people and everything else, even in our own party, I think there's a lot of bad that came with it. This let's go brain and stuff, the, the whole, you know, just meme culture of people being excited about politics, but not really knowing anything about politics. Um, you know, there's kind of a, a double-edged sword there. Um, so again, I would argue that people actually aren't more politically sophisticated. They may be more politically aware of things now, but even from on both sides, the information being put out is the quality of it, I think is worse and worse. And that's another reason why we wanted to do, we wanted to set up this platform to be able to, um, you know, get truth and get solid information out to people. So that's what I'll say about that. Um, Max also asked, you know, would you say collectively that the Southwest Ohio Republican endorsements move the needle? And Alex said, well, he didn't know. Um, and then kind of went and backtracked into the politically sophisticated conversation. Um, this is the other concerning thing that he, he said in response to that question, though. Um, the first one was the re re selling Republicans. This second one, um, I think, is very concerning from a party standpoint. And he said, the commitment I have should be the commitment you have to support whoever comes out of the primary. Does that sound familiar to anybody else? He actually used the three word phrase that I absolutely hate hearing, but it's fall in line. If you want to turn people off, especially the younger people off, use those three words. And I hear this not only from the left, but I hear this from older people just in life even. You just fall in line. I'm sorry, that's not how this works. Far be it from me to tell you or anybody what to do with your vote or your support or who you want to see in office. If that ever happens, it will be immediately corrected. And Max and I don't even do this with each other. We debate the merits. We do this, that, or the other. But it has never been, well, this is what you should do. Or this is what you need to do. Fall in line. This is how the left works. We don't need this in our on our party, in our party, on our side. This is what turns people off. You're treating people like children when you talk to them this way. Again, messaging, messaging, messaging. Do we really want to just fall in line just because we think that... 
you know, that's what you should do in order to get somebody to vote or get somebody put in office. That to me is the most concerning thing that anybody could say on anything. You just fall in line. Don't think for yourself. You fall in line. And then Alex said also that he's not going to stand by and let people blow up the Republican Party over a primary. And I don't think that that's what's happening at all. I, I think that that's a very cynical view on um, other people's opinions, honestly. I think that's, that's again, may not be how he intended to come across, but I think that that's very, very cynical. Um, because, quite frankly... It sounds like you just don't like the fact that I disagree with you. And instead of having this big tent of a bunch of ideas, you just want to be cynical about it and say and accuse me of trying to sabotage the Republican Party. Again, he may not have meant it that way, but that's kind of how it came across to me. That's why it's concerning. And Alex asked Max specifically, um, "Do you would you support Mike DeWine if he came out of the primaries as the Republican candidate? And Max, to his credit, said absolutely not. Now, if you've been listening, you knew that that was going to be his answer. Um, Max has been very consistent on that. And to his credit, he was absolutely 100% honest. And he and I... Disagree on that point specifically. Um, I do think we, we both believe in the same principle that we should hold the party accountable. Absolutely. This is why we hold the party accountable in the primaries, though, from my standpoint. And we do everything we can so that Mike DeWine doesn't even get to think about becoming the Republican candidate for governor. The party should be held accountable. We should not be putting up garbage candidates who don't actually stand for things in action when they say they do. You should you should be not, for lack of a better term, you should be punished for doing those kinds of things when you are in office by not getting reelected. Because that's not what the party stands for, supposedly. That's what I've been told my whole life. It's what I've been told the last, you know, 10 years that we stand for, for civil liberties and things like that. And then yet some people want to expect us to put our support behind somebody who doesn't do that in office. Like has, we have an act, we have actual evidence that we can cite that says this person doesn't actually believe that because quite frankly I don't really care of the context your actions still speak louder than your words your actions speak so loud I cannot hear what you say so I mean if Mike DeWine should come out of the Republican primary as the candidate yeah I'll hold my nose for him and vote for him but I'm not going to um, be excited about it at all. I mean, I and this is consistent for me. I did the same thing for Trump. 
I was not a Trump guy in the primaries. I, Trump was, I did not think Trump had stood a chance. I did not think, um, that Trump was any kind of serious candidate. I did not see him as anything politically because I've been involved in national politics for quite a long time. At, at this point, it's more than half my life. And to my, to his credit and to my being happy that I was wrong, thankfully I was wrong when Trump got elected and governed far more conservatively than I ever gave him credit for. I was happy to be wrong in that regard. But I don't believe the same thing is going to happen with Mike DeWine because he's already shown that that's not going to happen. So, um, would I vote for him if he came out of the primary? Yeah. Because, and here's why. I look at this as um, you would uh, would football. I'm a sports guy, played football, played baseball, played basketball growing up, um, played that my whole childhood, whatever else. So, what do I mean? If you look at this like football, you have guys who are your playmakers. You have guys who you can get who can get the ball 80 yards down the field and put you, you know, you're scoring points. You're doing things. You're moving the ball down the field, chunks of yards at a time. That's somebody who is politically savvy and able to um, do good things, a lot of good things for our side. That's somebody, for instance, like a Donald Trump. Donald Trump did a lot of good to further conservative ideals in the national government. Now, you can argue that point with me all day long, but still stands. He was far better than any of the Bushes ever thought about being. And I would put him on par or at least above Reagan. Look at the evidence of the things that he put in place, the people he put in place, um, all the other stuff. The stuff that you didn't hear about because it wasn't juicy enough for the media to cover. Go look at his nominations. Go look at, and I'm not saying that they're all great and fantastic. Some of them I really can't stand. But for the most part, I don't think that there is anybody of any of the other candidates who would have done better. I really don't. And some of those reasons go back to their voting records in Congress and things like that. But I won't get into that now. But you, so you have those guys who are who are playmakers who are going to get the ball down the field. But you also have guys who you need on the team who run the ball straight up the middle, time after time after time again, getting two and three yards a carry. Because you're keeping the defense honest. You're making them account for all possibilities and still moving the ball down the field. That's a guy like Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine is not going to make any great huge strides for Ohio. And if he does, I'll be gladly be wrong. Because every now and again, sometimes when you run one up the gut, you, you break a big one for 15, 20 yards. That happens too. So it's not that it can't happen. It's that I don't expect it to happen. And when it does, I'm happy for it. 
but he's there to move the ball just a little bit at a time. For whatever reason, I'm not going to get into the character type things, um, but a lot of it has to do with that, I think. So you need both of those people. But here's the thing. Do I think I should support the guy who's going to barely move the ball down the field from the get-go? Absolutely not. He's there for if I need him. My, in my mind, the support should be de- thrown behind the playmaker who is going to make big strides for our party, for our um, the things that I want to see passed as far as policy, the things that um, you know we want to see. We're moving the ball in the right direction That, from our standpoint. I do not believe that because my guy didn't get in, as far as being the party candidate, that I should then go vote for somebody who's going to move the ball in the exact opposite direction. I don't believe that that's the right answer either. Because God knows I don't want certain things put into place that may or may not be taken away down the road. Take the Patriot Act for one. I remember the discussion when Bush was talking about passing it before it was it was legislation that, um, you know, this is a very big encroachment on civil liberties or it at least left the door open for that. And it did, because as time went on, and once you got into the Obama presidency, we saw from Edward Snowden on, once he let loose all of this information to the public, how the government was abusing those things set forth in the Patriot Act. I don't want that from the exact opposite side of the aisle. That was, and that's the thing, our party is what put that into place, but it was abused by the other party. I don't want that at all, much less the role is being reversed there. So, you know, we, we, me and Max and I disagree on that in that regard that, you know, I will still begrudgingly vote for Mike DeWine. But again, before he, he has to prove that he can escape a Republican primary first, because as I go around, I, I drive the tri-state area every single day. Um, that I work and I talk to people of all different backgrounds of all this, that, or the other, we get in a lot of conversations. Um, and I have not come across one person yet on either side of the aisle that says Mike DeWine, that's my guy. Not come across a single one, not to say that they're not out there, but to me, that seems very telling of even where our own party is. Now, they could be blowing smoke, too. I don't know. But I tell you what. As I drive around, I see more Renacy and Blystone signs than anything else. I don't see DeWine signs. Even from people in our own party. Tell me how you can win a candidate, how you can win a primary election when that's the case. I don't know. So... Anyway, um, hopefully these things, you know, come across fair 
and balanced. Um, I don't want to be too harsh on Alex. Like I say, um, I believe he is sincere. But these are just some concerns from that interview that I kind of I felt that need some more explanation at the very least. Um, you know, and Alex is more than welcome to come on. We can discuss these things either with myself or with Max, either or. Um, but, you know, it it really concerns me when I hear this coming from a position that he is in, um, that our party may be heading down this direction that could be the very thing that, you know, turns off a lot of potential voters that turns off a lot of potential party workers. And that turns off people who are already in the party. Our goal should be to bring more people in, not frustrate the people who are already in and definitely turn off the people who are standing on the outside looking in. We don't need that. Those are the worst possible things we could do. But I think our side needs to nail down messaging much better than we have in the past and that we uh, maybe currently are right now. So with that, I hope you all are having a wonderful day. Talk to you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. If you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and every other major podcast platform. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and enable notifications to stay up to date with all of our new episodes and content. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to be a part of the show, reach out to us at canceledoutpodcast at gmail.com or in our locals community. Canceled Out is produced, directed, edited, and mixed by Scott and Max. All sourcing information can be found in our show notes at chronicles.org or in the link in the episode post in our Locals community site at canceledout.com. Canceled Out is a Canceled Out Media LLC production, copyright 2021.